Hello, everyone. I uh, wanted to talk about uh, something. I'm doing a lot of Facebook posting. You do Facebook posting. I've seen you do a lot, Ari. Uh, we, uh, we, we advertise our, our podcast here on, on Facebook a lot. We have different groups. And, you know, it's a great way of communicating. No doubt it is certainly by far and away one of the three biggest internet companies that ever existed, right? Whether you want to say it's from Apple or from Amazon or Facebook, right? That you think about it right away. Google, of course, too. And this one is different, right? Unlike Google, this one depends on the notion that people want to associate with one another, right? They they want to tell good news of uh, to their friends about uh, you know their 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 child's bar mitzvah. Um, you know, they just got married or they got a great result in court or whatever it is, or their political beliefs, you got the idea. And in the process, you know, how do you get your friends? You, you, uh, you look around you, and you, you see who's available from your email address and they suggest certain friends and all that stuff. And people ask you to be their friend and you can ask them to be your friend. This is that's the way it plays out. And ultimately you might get a thousand different friends. I don't know. It could be many more. And I'll ask you, Ari, when you choose friends, and maybe, maybe you're different because you have a different kind of goal on just having a lot of numbers. I don't know. I know how I choose my friends for Facebook, right? I don't just choose anybody that asks me to be the face, their Facebook friend. Um, I check them out. First of all, I want to see whether they have mutual friends. Then secondly, I look at their posts to see, you know, does this guy say things that make sense? Do I agree with them? Is he pro-Israel? Uh, is he conservative? Um, or maybe he has other interests that are in common with me, like mountain biking. Uh, to a lesser extent, uh, is he vegan or she vegan? Um, stuff like that. What about you, Ari? What do you do? Is that similar to you? or No, I just click add. Okay. Whoever adds me, Whoever I'll add. It. Okay. And... Um... I'm at a a limit on on Facebook. I've hit the five thousand friend limit because okay. I've been doing it so long. Right, and a whole bunch of people who ate up space in that five thousand group limit were people I knew over the years, and I added them first. Mm-hmm. But there was this time when Facebook just let you add anyone, and I would just click on everyone it suggested, and it built okay. up a huge. Yeah, but, but but most people, I think, do it the way I just proposed. Yes, most people do. I mean, part, partly because out of safety reasons, you don't want to have some stranger just uh, following you. I mean, I suppose he can follow you in different ways if he really, really wanted to. But why let him in the door um, automatically? So I, I kind of want to I want to know that when I post something that it's being posted to people that are like minded. Right. Here's what I don't do, Ari. I don't look at somebody's profile and say, oh, that's a white guy. I like him. Right? <laughs> why not? Well, I don't know why. I why, just don't. why has that never occurred to you? Right. We keep being told by the Black Lives Matter movement right. that that's what we're supposed yeah. to do. <laughs> Let me go further. I, I don't say, oh, that's a man. I'm a man, too. Boom. We're friends. Right? <laughs> or for that matter. Feminists uh, told, us, told me that we should do that, though. Right, apparently. <laughs> And, uh, and and then, you know, likewise, even with a Jewish thing, right? I mean, I'm Jewish. Do I let any... Oh, he's Jewish. Uh, okay, let's go. Because all, all Jews know each other, apparently. No, we don't do that, right? 
I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, but, but yet, you like this, <laughs> it's so right? It's absurd. It's absurd. You, you, you focus on your common values, right? This is, this is what I do, certainly, and I think most people do. They don't, they, they look at this person, is this guy a nut? Um, I, I don't like people who swear, for example. Okay, if I, if I see a lot of swearing on their posts, that's, uh, that's a no-no for me. If uh, they're big into God and want to study God and to, you know, spread the good word, I'm, I'm likely to friend them. Uh, likewise, like I said, those various different interest uh, groups that I have. But I'm just, I just couldn't care less what color you are, whether you're a man or how old you are, for that matter, what your religion are, uh, is. I don't care. But, but, but it's fascinating that here is Facebook, which is you know, created by a man, uh, Zuckerberg, who is so liberal, by the way, and, and touts so many liberal policies as, as a corporation. And yet, they are doing, they're benefiting out of the associations that people make based upon core values, right? I mean, I think I speak for everyone right now. I mean, again, if you're just running for the numbers, I, I get that, but I'm talking about people like me. You know, I, I think, I dare say that most of my liberal friends, they, they pick and choose people based upon whether they share the same values. I don't, I'm, I'm sure that they don't choose somebody just because he's white or she's a woman or whatever. It's, it's stupid. It would be stupid. And, and yet the whole democratic platform is based upon, well, the white woman vote, right? Oh, well, the, the age 35 to 45 vote. Oh, the college-educated edu- vote. Um, or the Jewish vote, or the black vote, right? It's fascinating. Or the free contraception vote. Right, right. But but we don't. We well, I I, I know you're kidding around here, but the point no, is, no, that was one of them. But they don't. But what they should be doing is talking about the values vote. People who are for abortion or pro-choice, uh, you know, voted this way. People who are uh, for strong immigration policy voted this way. That would make more sense. But instead, they, they, go, they run to the classic identifiers that the Democrats have thought have divided the world. So I put it to you, Ari, could it be that one of the major flaws of the Democratic Party, certainly in 2016, uh, is that they continue to, to have this mantra of focusing on somebody's identity? Again, identity politics, right? But, but saying identity based upon whether he's white, a woman, um, a Jew, Christian. You mean superficial or, or, factors? Yeah, that just, are just apparent skin factors. Skin deep only? Skin deep at best. Maybe genital deep? Right, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, the wrinkles on his face, that's, that's about it. And, and then they wonder, well, how could we lost the, the, the white woman vote? Did they ever think for a moment, like, maybe we ought to look instead based upon the number of people in the state, for example, who are pro-life, who are you know, pro-gun control or against gun control, whatever the issue might be, who are concerned about drugs, who are concerned about immigration. But, I, and I wonder why that's the case, all right, because it's clearly a losing proposition, especially in this ever-increasing, shall we, for lack of a better term, me um, generation where everything is designed for your specific interests, right? Even the advertising on Facebook and so many other places. Mm-hmm. I mean, even at the, um, now that I think about it, even on your computers, you're just kind of going through the web and you, um, and you see fewer and fewer advertisements that are less applicable to you, right? I'm, I don't see 
you know, many uh, uh, advertisements for, you know, women's uh, menstrual uh, products, right? I just don't see that. Um, and we, we could joke about that all day long, but I, I don't really want to go there. No, you're talking about how if you go to, say, a, a dirt bike website right. from Trek or whoever right. makes bikes, the next thing you're going to see is advertisements for tires, seats, shock absorbers, yeah. bikes, bike stores. Things that are associated example, with, yeah. with people who buy mountain bike stuff. Right. Right? So that's cool. I, I'm all for it. It's, it's smart, uh, targeted marketing. And uh, you learn that in business school. And uh, that's what I learned. And uh, the more you can do it, that's the holy grail. Great. So we have this same, it, it's getting better and better in terms of targeting specific needs. The advertising on Facebook and otherwise is getting more and more relevant. Um, you can even say, look, I'm not interested in this kind of thing. I'd like to see more ads like this. And next thing you know, you're getting more ads like that. I like gizmos, for example. They, I like uh, stuff about like drones and mountain biking parts and electronic gizmos too. Things that can make my life a little faster, a little bit more interesting. You know, uh, you know, iPad stuff type things, right? And so I get that. So more and more, we now we, we know more and more information about every person and their particular likes and dislikes on social platforms. Again, abortion, immigration, the gun control. And there may be many more other issues. That's the funny thing is that we're only thinking in these kind of uh, lockstep issues as if somehow these are the only issues to discuss. How about, I'm interested in character development of our children, character education. Why can't we talk about that? I mean, these, these crazy liberals, they're inventing issues all the time. The latest one being transgenderism and, wait for it, cultural appropriation, right? Where the frig did that come out of? Right? What the what the hell is that? Right? And where so, did it come from? Right. And what does so, it do? So now we're supposed to talk about this. That is like, are you where are you on the on the issue of uh, cultural appropriation? You know, I'm against it. I'm for it. I mean, what? So they, they invent these things, and suddenly you're on the you're you're on some sort of spectrum on that particular issue. But we can in, invent our own particular character issues. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, political issues, social issues, if you want. Um, but but it doesn't matter. The Democratic Party seems to focus entirely upon the white woman vote, the, the age, this certain age vote, the Jewish vote, the Christian vote, and so on, like I just said. And it's a losing proposition. But this is the way they think of you. That's the point. The left and to, you know, the Democratic Party thinks of you skin deep, as you said, right? Or gender deep at, at best. And it, you know, it's a bizarre outlook. They wouldn't they, they wouldn't want to target people based upon that, but they do. And could it be, Ari, because when, when we were thinking about, and here, here comes Hillary Clinton, and so they thought for sure, well, that locks up the woman vote because, you know, all white women are going to vote for her now. <laughs> See you later, dudes. <laughs> right? And they, they lost. And uh, oddly enough, maybe ironically, it was the white woman that caused her to lose. Surprise, Hillary. <laughs> Oops. You know, they, apparently they weren't with you, yeah. as it turns out. Right. And the black women and the Hispanic women and right. the Asian women. Yeah. Uh, only women in New York and L.A. living on the Upper West Side and in West L.A. Right. Who do you got those ladies four yeah. times a week voting yeah. for you. Yeah. It, what's so interesting about what you just said is how exclusionary it is. Yeah. When you talk about an idea, let's just even say it's an idea we don't agree with. Generally, the idea does not 
act self-defeating and exclusionary by its very lonesome. But if you say, on the conservative side, let's say we were marketing uh, tax cuts the way they do. You're a white man, right? Well, all white men need a tax cut. Vote (laughs) tax cuts. That's true. Vote Republican. It would be the most exclusionary political strategy for messaging something ever. Right. And it would, of course, go down to defeat because you've just cut off everyone who isn't white and male. Yeah. And in need of a tax cut. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about those products, uh, let's just say an advertisement for a Trek Verve 2 bike comes up. Sure. Well, if you're Trek, you're trying to sell as many Verve 2s as possible, both to white males with man buns and any other white male and any other non-white, non-male white. I mean, you know, it's... It's not exclusionary. They, they try to broaden the marketplace. Right. And, and I think what you're getting at here is this explains why the Democrat Party has lost all forms of messaging. And let's go back to 2012 for a second. Remember when they booed God? Yes. Okay. Oh, I, well, me- I remember very well. well we'll no, we will never forget or forget laughing at that. Right. What that did is that proved to the party elders, the uh, establishment powers that be, if you will, in the Democrat Party, that the messages that resonate with their voters are so bizarre and off-putting, we better only do this race, gender, uh, class. class exclusion yeah. thing. Right. Because if we actually tell people our real ideas, that's even worse. Right. Oh, I, I I agree. I mean, they, they seem so. Going back to the 2012 convention that you're talking about, and then I want to I want to take off from there. They, they they seem so shocked, like oh my god, you know. They when I when I mentioned the word God, it was like so troubling to you. That I think it was uh, Vera Gosso who who kind of was leading that that um, speech, and he he thought it was so obvious that the, the Democratic faithful were going to be supportive of Israel's. Uh, right uh, to exist and that God should remain in, in the uh, Pledge of Allegiance or whatever it was. God should be the platform. And, and he was so shocked that half, and if not, if not more than half, were, were against what he thought. And it was, it, it was a loud vocalization of these are not our issues. You think that you know us. You don't know us. And by the way, we're dreadful people. <laughs> we're weird. That, that's basically what they were saying to him. Yeah. And and he was so very shocked. And and to his credit, he said, "Well, I don't give a crap what you think. I'm going with I'm going my way." Yeah. To to his credit, yeah. You know, I have a friend who's a hardcore Democrat, and he constantly tells me the Democrat establishment constantly saves the voters from themselves. Yes. And the Hillary Bernie uh, primary is a perfect example of it. Yeah. The establishment. Party leaders in the Democrat Party knew it would be a catastrophe to have Bernie Sanders as their nominee, even if he won the presidency. Right. Because you can't tell people you're a socialist. Yeah. Because that's what everyone accuses you of anyway. Ain't that the truth? It's really so true. Um, you know, it's, it's um, going to that, it's kind of a dovetailing from that a little bit. You have, uh, I don't know who read, who, who wrote this, but is an article saying that the the left hate the Jews and Israel for that matter, but for some reason the Jews love the left, right? They they want so badly to be part of it. 
And it's a bizarre notion, I guess, maybe because they want so much to identify what they perceive the left to, to be, what liberalism is, that it's supposed to be about goodness and fairness and compassion. And, and that's the last thing left is. And surprisingly, not surprisingly, the, the left hates them. I mean, even, even recently in this, um, I think you gave me this article, Ari, there was a lesbian protest or march, I think it was. Yes, it was called yes, Dyke, yes. Dyke Day or something. Yes. And uh, so one of these uh, protesters, a lesbian, a Jewish lesbian herself, who loves Israel, she puts a Star of David in the center of the you know, traditional gay flag. And uh, they all told them, you know, it was not just her, it was a couple of other women who did the same thing. And they all told them to put it down because it might be offensive to some people and that they felt unsafe. Yeah. Now, let me just add a a slightly clarify a little bit more because it makes it even worse, my clarification. The group that was having the event was a standard Chicago gay pride march. Right. Like mainstream homosexual agenda acceptance kind of people. The group displaying the Star of David on the rainbow flag was a subgroup, if you will, a fringe group called, excuse my language here, but this is what the actual group is called. That's what they call themselves. This is what they call themselves. Dykes for Jews. Right. Okay? So they're a little bit more radical, if you will, in their pro-lesbian agenda than the mainstream Pride Parade. Yeah. Right? But the Pride Parade kicked them out. Yeah. But precisely because they felt unsafe. Right. Yeah. But that—that's the problem. I mean, but, but this is an emblematic of what I was just saying that yes. that the Jews love the left, but the left don't like don't love the Jews, and and they're really hostile. I mean, they're really vicious toward the Jews. When was the last time you you heard, um, you know, somebody on the far left? I'm not talking about you know the moderate uh, Democratic Party like uh, Evan Bayh, who I always think was a, a fairly decent fellow. But I'm talking about far left people, Bernie Sanders type, and he himself is Jewish. That's the funny thing. Uh, ever say, you know, we love the Jews and, you know, Jewish values are our values. No, you're not going to hear that. Yeah, you'll never hear it from an Elizabeth Warren or a Maxine Waters. Or Hillary Clinton. Or Hillary Clinton. And you'll never hear it, especially from a hard left Jewish nation like Venezuela, Cuba, North Korea. Of course not. You don't mean Jewish nation, you mean so, uh, no, hard so left hard nation. No, hard left nation yeah. uh, regarding uh, Jewish issues. Right. They will never say they love the Jews. And I, at what point, as Jews ourselves, we've always said, at what point, fellow Jews, are you going to get a hint? Yeah, they don't want you. You know what? And, and I, I want, I mean, who, who doesn't want to have a good association? But look, it's one thing if you go into the left and you say to yourself as a Jew, you know what? I know these left these lefties don't like me, but by golly, I'm going to show them how cool we Jews are, and um, how our our mission is aligned, and I'll show them. Right. I, That's I, what I, the Dykes for Jews were trying to do, obviously. Well, but, but hang on, <laughs> I, I I can kind of respect that. I think it's a losing proposition. You know, it's it's like trying to trying to argue with a hurricane. It, there's there's no point, right? So, <laughs> I mean, just there's there's nothing to it. These lefties are crazy. You know, it's a force. And, and you, you have, um, but by contrast, you know, most of these people, these Jews who are on the left, they join the left and they think that the left loves them. I don't know why. If they actually, you know, delved into it a little bit and they actually listened to their fellow lefties who are not Jewish, they would, they would see, you know, they're, they're constantly being attacked. Um, they, they were constant undermining uh, comments. And regarding Israel, who watch out. I mean, that Israel could not be more demonized. 
and, and I, I remember in 2002, I just said, I'm done with this. And I, George Bush did something really cool, and I just I looked more into it, of course. And I, and I noticed the conservatives were always pro-Israel. And I just, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's one or two that are not. But the point is that the vast majority of them are wildly for Israel. It's, it's pro-Israel. It understands the beauty of Israel and all the good that Israel does. I'm with those guys. I mean, I, I love the conservatives, and the conservatives love me. What's wrong with that? What a strange marriage it is to be in that, that you love your spouse, but your spouse doesn't love you. And, and, you, and he really hates you, as it turns out. <laughs> More than that, yeah. she wants you dead. Yeah, right. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll just use it to decide that that's a she at this point. But she wants you dead, and, and you think that you're going to change her. She's not. <laughs> yes. She's not going to change. She literally she just hates every bone. In fact, she just, she's defined herself by how much she hates you. Right, and then you're going in there, saying, "Let's love each other. Let's and, find a way." And and she hates you so much, she's willing to make strange bedfellows of people who hate her just because they hate you more. Oh, it's the weirdest thing. The, yeah, that would be the perfect example of liberal gays embracing Islam. Well, let me, you know, let me, or, let me, let me, not let me, converting, but yeah. not taking a critical, confrontational stance toward Islam. So let me, let me do a, a quick explanatory lap on this issue because, you know, whenever we speak about Jews and liberalism, and it's true that a lot of them are on the uh, liberal side of the equation, the left side of the equation, I, 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 we all know that. That's a fact. Uh, 75%, 80% of Jews vote for the Democrat. Uh, and I think uh, on the best day, uh, 60% of Jews voted for Ronald Reagan in 1980. So uh, the vast majority of Jews vote for the left. But if you actually parse it down, if you, if you uh, truly observant Jews vote conservative, that, that's the good news. Because when you hear about Jews as a group of people, it's not the same as, as Christians as a group of people. Christians, when somebody tells you that you're a Christian or that he says he's a Christian to me, that means, to my mind, and I, I think I'm accurate, that he goes to church, you know, once a month, once a week, if not once a week, then once a month for sure. He's observant. He believes Jesus is his savior. Uh, he believes in the resurrection. And then, of course, there's the different uh, denominations that believe different unique things that make them that denomination, right? Uh, but but they're, they definitely believe in God, definitely believe in Jesus as, a, as their savior, right? But, but not so with Jews. When, when a Jew tells you he's a Jew, that doesn't mean anything other than he's biologically born as a Jew, that he comes from a, uh, a lineage of, of Jews. And, and that's the only reason why. Now, of course, many of them are, you know, love God and are actually observant, but a very big portion of them have no real affiliation, not, nothing strong. Um, they, they, we, we call them twice-a-year Jews, meaning that they go to synagogue on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Thank you very much. They might have a Passover dinner. That's it. Um, and the bar mitzvahs, if they have a bar mitzvah, it's very uh, lukewarm. Um, <clears throat> the, such people, and there are others who don't, don't go to temple at all. Um, they're, they're atheists. They, they have no belief in God. But don't dare say that they're not Jews. They will, very, they will bristle at that. They'll, they'll really take you to task on that. So you have this kind of much, it's a different group when you're talking about the Jews as a voting block. They, it's a big smattering of different kinds of people. But the Jews who do, the, the Jews who are really observant, uh, they tend to be very politically uh, conservative. 
And that's you and me. We, we, for example, Ari, uh, we're both Jews, but we are both deep believers in God. I, I think that if we were not deep believers in God, we would likely be on the left for whatever reason. I mean, because that's what resonates to us. Uh, but there you have it. Okay, so that's my side, my side story about that. Um, and I want to get back a little bit to the whole notion of the values and everything else. The, the, the society that we live in is a society that has, we're much more complex than the Democrats understand. The Republicans are beginning to understand this now, which is an interesting flip, isn't it? Uh, certainly in this last election, we, we, we saw when Donald Trump started rising in popularity very quickly. I mean, I think the, the, first, um, the first state that he was running in, he got tremendous, uh, if, if he didn't already win it, I think he got a very big show on that. And people said, whoa, what's going on here? And they began to understand that uh, there was a lot of anger out there, and anger not just to uh, Obama, but also to the Republican establishment as well, saying something's got to change. And the issues were very important. The immigration issue was really paramount. That was the thing that really lofted Trump up to where he became ultimately the, the, nom the nominee, and I think in large part to become the president. And look, whatever it took, it, it, that's great. We got rid of Hillary Clinton. But I think we understood the nuances, oddly enough, better. I don't think that Republicans uh, go out and canvass people based upon whether they're white or black, you know, a Jewish or conservative or, um, uh, sorry, a Jewish or a Christian or age group or, you know, you name it, the, the varying different kinds of things that you can be, single or married, right? These are obvious factors, but they, they don't... They don't really mean anything to people. Yeah, well, I, I think we have to take a quick second here and just admit something that's the, you know, 4,000-pound gorilla in the room, which is really Donald Trump is not of the Republican Party. And he's a, he's a, it's a strange sort of Republican in name only in that mm -hmm. the establishment of the party is this weird wannabe leftist party. They want to be leftists the same way Jews want to be accepted by leftists. Right. And they are part of the establishment swamp. And it's almost like the rest of the party, other than certain conservatives that we like and love, and Donald Trump is the party of Jeb Bush. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're the people standing in Trump's way right now right. more than anything. And they are completely politically inept. They don't canvass anyone. They, I mean, look at what, you know, this, this podcast is going to come out in a few days from this moment, so we don't know what's going to exactly happen with this health care vote, but the bill, for instance, on this debacle is as bad as the House version. Right. They don't get it yeah. you know, on, on these major issues that are, that are electoral winners. Yeah, you're, you're right, and uh, I, I, I guess I, I agree with you that the problem is, I, I wouldn't say that they're trying to be liberal, but they've, they've drunk the Kool-Aid. Uh, they really believe that the issue of minimum wage, for example... Um, is an issue of what's the appropriate uh, low minimum wage. Whereas we say we shouldn't even be having that discussion. I don't want to swim in that pool. Um, the, the minimum wage should be zero. We shouldn't be involved in that whatsoever. Who, who the frig are you, government, to tell uh, you know, any business how, how it should charge? That's what's called competition. Okay? Obviously, you can't be a slave, but you cannot have, you know, if that person doesn't like getting $2 an hour, well, then guess what? Somebody else is offering $5 an hour. If he doesn't like $5 an hour, then give him 15 If he doesn't like 15 then give him 20 I give people who are here in my office way above the minimum wage, not because I'm, I'm Mr. Super Generous. I mean, I, I do think I'm a generous guy, but 
but because that's that, that's what the market demands. If if my file clerk, for example, which is he's paid the lowest, um, because that the job reflects that, right? It doesn't require that much skill. If I pay him, uh, if if the market for such people would be at eight dollars an hour, well then I would pay him nine dollars an hour. Okay, that way I get the best of the best, right? That's the smart way to go. But uh, you know I want to keep him because I think he's very good, and so therefore I'm gonna. I'm going to boost it much higher than the minimum wage. But, yeah, but, but, but making, I, have to, I have to explain this to many people. Anyway, but I don't want to get... Yeah, but you're making the basic argument that is true conservatism, which is we don't want to compete with the government. Right. We have no problem competing with other businesses. We have no problem competing with the prevailing wage for appropriate labor or the appropriate market. But once the government sticks its bid fat head in everything, whether it's the uh, minimum wage issue for your labor or cost... Action, or yeah. for affirmative action. Or yeah. in the case of the Obamacare bill, how much Medicare should be... Fun- it's like these are ridiculous arguments right. but this is not that where ignore yeah. the victory we've already had. But this is the, kind of not where I'm really going. I'm simply saying that I don't want to even talk. I, I'm kind of underscoring your point, like the health care bill, for example. You know, the issue that they're talking about, like, how can we fix things so that we could still preserve the, um, uh, the, the age 26 uh, limitations so that kids can still be on the parents' plan and then the pre-existing conditions situation, right? Like you say, what? What are you talking about? That's crazy. That that you're you're just swimming in their pool. Get out of the pool. Let's come to our own pool. Thank you very much. We're done with this crap. Yeah, okay? and, and, and it's going to hurt. It, it's going to yeah. hurt some people, as you think, but it's going to be much better for the rest of the country. Yeah, and but I think where this connects with your main subject is this: we just had this. Uh, if this stuff was happening five years ago. Okay, fine, or whatever. We can argue whether this is the way to go or not. But the fact that we won an election on these very issues, yeah. and the people who are trusted to move the Trump agenda forward in Congress won their seats by agreeing with him on these issues, and then they hold up the stop sign and say, well, not so fast here. Right. Have they forgotten their job, and I have no problem with this, is to get reelected? Okay, so so the, this is the point. This is the point that they're out of touch with what actually resonates with people. Um, the advertising we talked about throughout the internet is very savvy about who you are because they, they've seen what websites you've gone to by way of cookies or otherwise. And they know, okay, this guy's always checking out uh, mountain biking websites. Uh, if you haven't gotten a clue, I like mountain biking. All right? Uh, and therefore, all these different things that are associated with mountain biking, not just mountain biking parts, but you know, kind of male-oriented gizmos uh, like wrenches and toolkits and whatever. So I'm going to get, I'm going to see those advertisements and anything electronic, right? And so, so business understands that. But it's funny, isn't it, that in the same way that the DMV doesn't respond well to uh, the public at large, the the VA hospital doesn't respond to the public at large. Uh, the IRS, uh, you, you name it, they, they just don't get the actual, they, they don't deal well with the public. Um, it's the same thing as is true now. Even, even in the way that they, they try to figure out what the public wants, they can't do it right because they don't have a real strong efforts like you would have from the profit system. If they really, if, if this was a, you know, if the campaigning were more profit motive, I'm not talking about hiring people and can't, because obviously there's a lot of money involved in that. But if it was truly a private enterprise 
uh, they would find out exactly what motivates people. Oh yeah, yeah, and they and they wouldn't deviate from message, and when and they would underpromise and overdeliver right. rather than overpromise and underdeliver. Always, always the case, and so and that's why they're so surprised. Like the like the DMV is always understaffed. Like the VA, you know, has no clue what to do, and it doesn't with the doctors and everything else. They couldn't care less because there's no accountability. Same thing is here. So they keep on spouting this mantra of white male Christian. Uh, 65 and older or whatever that they use. And, and uh, it, it doesn't work. It, does, doesn't, it never fits. And, and it's such a strange thing. I mean, I'll, if you were to talk to uh, uh, my sister, who is a, she's a married uh, uh, woman uh, with one child, okay? And uh, Jewish too, of course. And so you, I would say, okay, well, because you're married, that means that you're a conservative. She would say, well, I'm not. I'm a liberal and a diehard one at that. And I said, well, okay, I'm sorry, but but the, the demographics say that you you have to vote conservative. Right. So, Our actuarial ta- <laughs> table of political ideology country club means you have to be over here. Right. 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 So <laughs> you know, it's, it's very weird. And she she would correctly you know, bristle at that and say that you don't know it. You don't know me. Yeah. And she's 100%. She would be 100% right. And likewise with me. I, I'm a Jew. I'm not going to vote liberal. You know, it, it, it's stupid. What, the reason why I vote conservative is not because I'm Jewish. It's because I believe in God. Right? That's right. one of the main reasons. And I believe in God very strongly. You, you mismatch being Jewish and believing in God. And that's why we went to that little side story about, you know, what, what, what it means to be Jewish. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, what you've got to understand. That's a hysterical point, though. Yeah. You're, okay, you're a lawyer. Live and work in West L.A. Right. I can give your exact address. Right. You know, okay. Jewish, of a certain age. And, and vegan. And vegan. <laughs> and you ride bicycles. You're not a Democrat? Right, yeah. Somehow. You're, you're, you alone have thrown a monkey wrench into the entire plan. Right. You caused Trump to get elected. You caused yeah. all that upset on <laughs> CNN that night. Yeah. You. <laughs> you alone. Congratulations! It's 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 uncanny. It's unbelievable it's, how yes. they they just don't get this, right? <laughs> so I love. Yeah. I mean, it, one of the funniest movies uh, a while ago. It came out I don't know about seven or eight years ago, and it was it was kind of funny. It was with um, I don't know if it was Kevin Costner, but anyway, he it was a, a guy. It, it turned out that the election came so swing close. Vote. Swing vote. That's what it was. Right. Who, yeah, it all okay. came down to him. And we was uh, who was the actor, the main actor? Kevin Costner. He was Kevin Costner. Yeah. Okay, so I loved it because finally they had one, <laughs> one guy. Now they were getting it. Now they yes. were they were appealing to exactly what he wanted. They used his phrases, even though they were weird phrases, <laughs> like, a, <laughs> and and everything that that he liked. If he liked guns, they would they would say woohoo, and they they would do commercials designed solely for him, and and that. But oddly enough, that's the way it's got to be. How do you make a commercial instead of doing – I think TV is a stupid medium at the end of the day to just kind of broad sweep, uh, you know, say I'm for the poor or I'm for, you know, in the Republican case, you know, uh, increasing jobs by getting the government off your backs, which is true. I, I like that. But, but they've got to be far more targeted. They've they got to think in the same way that these advertisers do on Facebook and elsewhere on the Internet. Yeah. You go one by one. And – uh, forget about the, the TV advertising, maybe yeah. maybe radio blitzing, but but it's far a far different game. Even the people who listen to this podcast, um, the, these are people who are 
politically savvy. Uh, we have both conservatives and liberals, but they are very interested in these issues. Well, there's, it, there's it, it animates them. Well, there's three qualities. They're interested in the subject matter. They're incredibly intelligent, <laughs> and they're stunningly good looking. For sure. That those are. I've noticed all of our listeners. <laughs> That's right. He's checking up on you. Right. <laughs> well, I'm a little, I'd be worried. Be very afraid. Okay. No. Um, no. So, I feel very flattered. Yes, sir. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's it's kind of um, a fascinating thing. In the the November election was a perfect test case of this sort of idea that you just put forth, because you had for the first time ever. Two candidates who took completely different ad buy strategies. I don't remember many Donald Trump ads, okay? He didn't do them. Right. And I remember Hillary Clinton ads. And, you know, I can't stand the woman, right? But I gave her credit. We had some discussions about it. Some of them are on podcast episodes. I thought many of her advertisements were fabulous. The attacks on Donald Trump were very effective targeted attacks, and the ones that promoted her, and remember, this is a candidate about nothing, they covered most of that crap up. Right. But it really proved the inefficiency of the television advertising it's model. Totally yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, the main quality she should have sold herself as is, I'm Hillary Clinton. And I'm going to spend more money on advertising with less effectiveness than anyone in history. Right, right. And watch me do it well. To, to do what she did was the, would be the equivalent of doing an advertisement on the Internet, for example. And they say, you're Brock Lurie. And you like stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? You like, like male stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. Outdoor stuff. Yeah. And like... I, Okay, can you go delve a little bit deeper before I buy your product? I don't even know quite sure what the product is, but please tell me. <laughs> You're getting there, but I want to know that we're in the same zone here, right? Is it fly fishing? I'm not interested in fly fishing, right? <laughs> is it boating? I'm not interested in boating. You know, you got to get, get in there, buddy. <laughs> and, and, and so this all kind of <laughs> comes back. To the main issue, he really likes this. Song. It sounds like it's crazy. From the Simpsons, it is like it's. It's. I mean, these really these these are so empty. These commercials. Can you please talk to me about issues that actually resonate to me? Yeah. And don't decide what the major issues are for the day, because guess what? I, I really am much more interested in a lot of other things. And maybe if we had a job and weren't drowning in $20 trillion of debt, we would care about Donald Trump's behavior around children. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> right? right. Exactly right. Look, I, for me, one of the keyest things, because I do have children and you have children, is, is education. I want to make sure that my kids are not forced to learn things that they shouldn't be learning. And, and, and uh, to really focus on the, the main core issues plus development of character. Okay, in, in a good way, about conquering yourself, being the best person you can be. That's all I want. And I, I, I don't want agenda-driven stuff. That's very important to me. I also want to be able to, uh, you know, I'm very concerned about immigration, for example, the way things are being done. I also am concerned about the way this country is treating boys. These are like, you can call them micro issues if you like, but they're huge issues. And if they understood that, they would be targeting to me directly on those particular issues. They don't. I don't hear anything from, from Trump or Hillary uh, about those specific issues. And, and they could. They could do it if they wanted to. Let, let me, wait, wait, hang on. Yes. Hang on. Because, you know, they could go to every single category that, that's imaginable. 
why just ask people? Ask people like you and me, what issues are important to you? Don't give me a list to choose from and, and, and then weight them in, quarter, in terms of preference. Let me write down my issues. Just let me write them down. And it, it, you might get a list of 200, 300 issues as a result of it. And then you can target. And if, if Donald Trump came to me, uh, or any candidate, candidate X came to me as an undecided voter, okay? So obviously I'm a decided voter. I'm not going to vote liberal in, 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 under any circumstances. But, well, I suppose in some crazy circumstance I could. But the point is that I would, if somebody came to me and said, I think one of the most critical things of, of uh, today is de dealing with character in schools. We are far... Uh, too little respect in schools, and uh, teachers can get away with anything. This is the issue, and this is how I feel, and I feel very strongly about it. I'm going to resonate to that, right? Just like I'll resonate to the product that is specific. But they don't do that. They just tell me about stuff, and I have no idea. I can hope what they, what, how they're going to vote on certain issues, but I have no idea. So this, this is the problem. And, and going back to Facebook, and then I want to kind of talk about a, a, a kind of related topic about it. It's that, you know, we, we, we ought to take a lesson from Facebook, which ironically is a, is a liberal website. It's a, it's a fantastic, very successful website, specifically because you are choosing friends that you can choose as you please. You, you know so much information about them, not only what they tell you, but also the way they post and who their friends are. That's a tremendous amount of information. And within, you know, 30 seconds of evaluation, I'll choose that friend because I like that the way that person uh, argues. And then I can defriend that person for that matter too, right? So, and who knows why you friend or defriend somebody. But, but they don't, I don't friend people because of their, their race, their religion, their gender, or their marital status. It's just, it's stupid to me. I would never do such a thing. But yet that's the way the Democrats play it all out. Odd, right? And, which is interesting now, because this is the next issue I want to talk about. It's very related. And, and we have a, we, we talked about how the Democrats seem to, even in this regard, where they separate the world between married and unmarried, um, Jewish and Christian and uh, no faith, um, you know, age groups, of course, and everything else, male and female, sing, whatever, uh, all those things that we just talked about. But, but wait, you say. I thought that everyone's the same, right? Male and female are the same specifically, right? They all must vote the same. I don't get it. If you're a single woman, then you should be voting exactly the same as a single man. If you're a married woman, uh, you should be voting the same as a single woman and so forth. A um, woman with a penis should be voting the same way a man with a vagina votes. Right. Basically, according to their absolute logic on every other right. of the cloud of transgender issues. Yeah, but they, they like to stratify when it's, you know, <laughs> you supposedly know for demographics, but when it's convenient. But then they'll tell you that they we're all the same person. Well, why don't you act like that? You, you, you obviously know that, that you're full of crap when you say that. And yet you, you still say it. That, that's the funny. It's, it's, there was a Saturday Night Live episode a couple months ago where uh, they did one of these kind of skits, a commercial skits or, um, for an advertising of a, some sort of gay island, right? And, you know, male gay and female gay, right? And it was on Fire Island, I think it was, which is famous for being gay, apparently, somewhere near New York. 
And um, you would know because you frequent it quite a bit. Yes, Fire Island, I think, is part of Long Island. And it's it's like the Silver Lake for weekend vacations. It's like the the Gay Hamptons. You see, like I said, he would know. Anyway... Just because I spend time there doesn't mean anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anything. A lot of time. Why don't you ever come? <laughs> because I'm not interested in going there. Are you sure? <laughs> <sighs> God, I can't work under these conditions. Okay. So but so what, what do they do in this commercial? It's, it's very funny, actually. They have the male side of the <laughs> island, right? And you see these parties and these boys whooping it up. I mean, boys, I mean, like, you know. Uh, 20s and 30s, you know, very handsome, and they're lubed up, and they're wearing um, speedos. Uh, speedos and yeah. stuff like that, and See, having fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 you would know. <laughs> and they've got the kind of like uh, pretty boy haircuts and everything else, and they're doing dances and singing to YMCA, and everyone's happy, right? <laughs> and then they say, meanwhile, on Cherry Such and Such Island, which is the female version, you see all these lesbians, and they're they're fat, and they're Old, older, and they're like angry with each other all the time, and they're all taking care of babies, and and like you said you would be here, but you're not, you're not reliable. I can't count on you. And then in another room, this this one woman is, you know, they're they're trying to comfort each other. I see you. Do you see me? I see you. And they're like looking at each other, like deeply into their eyes. And it, it, it was hysterical because it was about the differentiation, right? We were we were laughing. At the difference between male gaze on the one hand and female gaze on the other, got it. But all you're really doing is you're, you're because la- the male gaze thing that you were talking about is the accentuation of male nature, which is based so much on sexuality, and you know wanting to get it when you can, and uh, that's that's the way they are. So it's not, no surprise there, and and sure enough, however they appealed to it was all about sex, sex, sex. And th- that was the cartoonish uh, embodiment of, of what the male gay does. And then, likewise, on the female side, there was no sex involved whatsoever. It was all about nurturing and talking to each other and crying it out. And they were making equal fun of the woman. Don't get me wrong. They don't, they don't say that they're better. But there was no sex involved. There was no even intimacy of any kind involved, not even kissing. It was all about talking things out and such. And that was the extreme of the woman. Like, it's all about nurturing and relationships. But wait a minute. I thought you guys, especially on the Saturday Night Live skit and and all the, 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 the crew that you have, you're all liberals. Don't you all believe that men and women are the same? I'm missing, I'm not getting the message. Can you understand that perhaps I'm feeling a little bit flustered? That I, this is not computing very well for me? Do you get that, guys? Yeah, because there's nothing about the guys on this island that they have that would ever make them want to share a bathroom with the women on that island. Right. Exactly right. So here are the things that are changing. I mean, you know, mostly in relationship, gender, or sexual arena, but they they are still changing. Um, A husband can mean, now apparently, a husband can mean someone married to another man, right? You you would never have used that word. A husband always meant... um, somebody that's legally attached to a woman, right? But now it means, you know, something completely different. A boy might not be a boy so long as he feels like he's a girl, right? So a boy's no longer necessarily a boy merely because he was born that way. Uh, he could be very well a girl. So don't assume nothing, right? Like we joked around uh, a couple of podcasts ago where, you know, some guy steals your, a woman's purse and she yells out and she says, stop that man, and then they say, you don't know that he's a man. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's very, very transgenderist of you or whatever. Right. Um, 
And, 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 and it goes beyond that. I mean, even today, a hero doesn't necessarily mean a hero in the same way that we think of today, right? A hero, when we thought of that word, you think of a guy who, you know, decides to go into battle and, and you know, take on 20 to 1 odds and, and risk his life so he can grab the, the, the fallen comrade and bring him back, right? Or he, he throws himself on a grenade so that he stops it from blowing up and killing six other guys. Got it. But, but now a hero is whether you've come out as gay. Then that's, your, that's the new hero. I thought right? heroes were the, um, you know, when Chaz Bono went on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> that too. Well, that too. Uh, and likewise, you can be a minority if you have the tiniest amount of minority blood in, your, in, your, in you, right? Boom. <laughs> there you go. Right? Or better yet, if you just feel like it, like, like Elizabeth Warren, right? <laughs> she, she had no idea. Um, you know, adults are treated like children. Right. What do they say? Somebody said adults are big children now and children are little adults. So it's weird. America's bad and the rest of the world is good. Right. There's no no such thing as honor or shame anymore. Uh, There's not even the word, the notion of your word anymore. Like that somehow seems like a quaint thing from the past. Right. You and I have a, an arrangement. I say, I'll, I'll get it to you. And I'm, I promise you, you have my word on that. Right. And then and then I don't get it to you. And you say and, and I say, hey, or you say, Brock, you gave me your word. You would do this. And I say to you, where is that in writing? Right. right. So it means nothing. <laughs> it's these, these things are so different. <laughs> They've changed so much um, that it's all a big blur. And yet going back to the dichotomies that the, the Democrats are, you know, embroiling, have um, are bathing themselves in. They mean nothing, but yet they still seem to understand that there is a distinction between men and women, single and married, and, and so forth, right? That couples with children, couples without children. And, and I, I agree, kind of generally speaking, that that's the case. But, you know, the, the truth is that we have a very, very multi... I won't even say multicultural. I don't want to use that word. Um, we have... I don't even want to use the word diverse. We have people with wildly different interests with wildly different priorities things that matter to them they are core values that's what matters to each person okay and we, we've said this before on the show Ari you and I and I know you would agree with me if I if I were to tell you hey Ari I'm going to give you a choice you know to relax you know have some drinks and you know chips and, and stuff uh, at a cocktail type party it's going to be fun um, it's a room full of uh, about 100 people and uh, they're all guys that are about your age, mid-40s. Um, they're all Jewish. And, um, you know, they're all about your height. And they live in West Can Los I Angeles. Can I go somewhere else? Right, right. Okay, that's, 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 that's uh, you know, conference room number one, right? <laughs> conference room number two is a room full of about 100 people, again. But they are Eskimo, they are black, they are short, they're tall, they're fat, they're skinny, they're vegan, not vegan, right, carnivore, they're, they're, they, they have different accents, they come from different places, they're different religions for that matter, but they all share your core love of God and conservative values. So if right. I go in there, I'll be able to convince all of them to laugh at the vegans. Right. Perfect. <laughs> you can all gang up on the vegans. Yes. I think Ari's missing the point here. Anyway, the point is that you'd rather be in conference yes, room B, course. right? I mean, of course, you're looking forward to it. And, and you know, you, you'd love to find, you know, that, let's say, an Indian guy, who a Native American or Indian Indian guy, 
to to come up to him and, and say, isn't this cool? Can you believe what uh, you know Nancy Pelosi said today? Right? That's where you resonate with somebody. You don't you don't look at him and say, hey, you, me, white, white. Yeah. Oh, we we just, know what's what. Right. Let's just clarify. Isn't this cool what Nancy Pelosi said today? Be she's so nuts. That's <laughs> exactly. That, yeah. So that yeah. crazy. Yeah. She's nuts. But but you wouldn't you know connect with another guy merely because he's white, right? I'm just it's, it's the stupidest <laughs> thing. But they think that you and I connect because of our whiteness. Bizarre, yeah. right? You know those white guys they they connect. Yeah, it's like a scene from Idiocracy. Hey, you're white. I'm white. We should hang out. Is that what they say? In <laughs> well, the, in Idiocracy. You remember that movie? I do you remember. Like, I don't. I don't remember that scene. Well, they said technically, you like money. I like money too. We should hang out. <laughs> I remember. Right, right. You so. like girls? I like girls too. We should hang out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but it, it is so stupid. And, and that's the that's the problem. You you know, you fail to recognize that basic premise that people don't hang around with each other merely because of the superficial appearance uh, appearances of things. It's it's far harder work to understand really what makes somebody tick. And that's the job of any good advertiser. To, to, it's the holy grail, like we said in the beginning of this podcast. You focus on what somebody is truly interested in. What, what animates him? What will make him click, right? To click to your website, to, to click on your app. What will it take to do that? And it, it, it turns out it takes a tremendous amount of you know, good algorithms in, in the internet language. But why can't you do that, Democratic Party? And, and I think the reason is... And this is where it gets on the kind of the Ari side of, of interpretation. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go the Ari side of the force. <laughs> um, I, I think that they know that there's nothing there. They know that most people don't resonate to these values that they insist that they, that they resonate to. They, they know that people are really very squeamish about abortion. In reality, that, that most of the country doesn't like it. Um, they, they are, the most of the country is for um, guns and being you know, allowed to, to be used as, as people need to under the Second Amendment. Most of the country believes in free speech. Most of the country believes in strong borders. It's, it's basic. It's too basic, right? Most of the country believes, let me the F alone and let me run my business the way I damn well please. Most of the country has some degree of faith in God. They know this, but they... They don't want to know it, and they, they, they instead tell you these are the issues, and these are the things that animate people. And you and I are yelling from the treetops saying, you're wrong. That's not what, we're, what interests us. That's not what animates us by a long shot. Yeah, and it's, it's not just Trump that proved this. Remember, going back to 2010, Democrats, other than the Obama presidency win, have been on a losing streak uh, that I, I mean, I've never seen a losing streak like this. Yeah. Problem gamblers do better, <laughs> right? Yeah. At the because, local because, card club because the people are not there, yes. uh, who who are interested in that, and they. But, and this is where I'm going to the Ari side. I think the Democratic platform, the Democrats, the party itself is is rapidly becoming the Bernie Sanders party, and they will take by force what they can't take by, by um by actual democracy. They have to cheat to get more people into the country to vote for them. They have to promise them goodies, which they can never deliver, at least not for the long run. And they have to tell, um, they, they also have to allow people to um, engage in fraudulent voting. Yeah, and I would add one other thing. This is the big one. 
and you see it each day more and more, they are replacing voting and public opinion with violence. Yeah. That's the big one. Oh, that's a very good point. And it, it, but, it, but it's also not just in, in that. Um, you see it in the media, right? New York Times. We just learned that CNN had been fabricating the stories of the the Russia, the so-called Russia collusion. Yeah, you think? You think? <laughs> yeah. Which was no surprise to us, right. but but it was just lovely to actually get it on videotape. Yes. Right? When you actually see that, and then they have to fabric, you know, they have to resign or force a res- resignation, shall we say, of those three CNN executives. But this is what they have to do. They have to cheat to, to get their way, and there is uh, a desire. We we must take control by hook or by crook. And they're doing it by crook. That's that's a difference. We we are looking at to what the population actually wants, and thankfully, you know, when people really resonate to to certain things, they're resonating to conservative values. They do believe in a family. They do understand that God is necessary to perpetuate Western civilization. They do understand that uh, strong borders means greater safety, and that America is good, not evil. Right. Uh, bingo, and that guns are necessary for you know the, the protection of our society, um, and and for protection of ourselves against a, a country just like the Democrats would like it to be. That's the difference. I, I love this country so much, and what I what concerns me is that this inability to understand the people by the Democrats is is one that reflects a Democratic Party that wants to really take over. They want to control. Uh, our mindset, and they want to tell you how to think, and they want to take away your freedoms. That is the ultimate advertising buy. Focus on that and how they are trying to take away your freedoms, and you'll really get people voting conservative for decades to come. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week. 